We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's the True Faith Newcastle United podcast. It's the NUST Newcastle United Supporters Trust elections uh, this year. We have all 10 candidates for that board election. There are six positions on the board as we at the Trust look to expand the board significantly to take in as many viewpoints and ideas from Newcastle United supporters as possible. All 10 of the candidates have spoken to me uh, for this podcast. My thanks to them for giving up their time. My thanks to you, the listener, and the many thousands of you who are Trust members for engaging with the Trust, enabling the Trust to grow to try and get some results for Newcastle United supporters as we face many problems, as you all know. I asked all of the guys on this podcast the same questions. They were all given the same opportunity to talk. I hope you enjoy their answers. I think all of them are engaged Newcastle United supporters who want the best for the football club. And I'd add, urge everyone to vote. If you're a member, if you're a not member, please join. It's only £2 to join and £1 a year thereafter. I'll put a link uh, in the description of this podcast if you're not a member to have a look at joining. Um, probably going to do another trust podcast next week myself on a few different things but for now uh, I'm going to hand over to all of the lads uh, who all spoke very well Uh, voting opens Friday the 30th for members closes the following Friday that's the 30th of July which is the month in which I'm recording this Um, so vote for the lads vote for the people who you think could represent you best uh, in addition to, to, to me and my colleagues on the trust board uh, the first question I asked all of the lads was introduce yourselves to you, the listener, and tell us a little bit about your life supporting Newcastle United so far. Kicking us off is John Lane. Yeah, um, so um not the traditional Geordie fan, I suppose, in a lot of ways. Some of my parents were Southerners, moved up here, um, so I was born um, in Newcastle, um, and my dad was a Man United fan growing up. Um, my mum had a season ticket at Brighton um, with her dad. Um, so, but they knew when they hit the region that they wanted their kids to support Newcastle. Um, so um, that that's kind of where where that came from. Um, so I followed the club. Um, really, Euro '96 really drew me in. Um, then we signed Alan Shearer. Um, so it was just, it was, it was just, it was class. Um, you couldn't believe it, you know, uh, England's best striker playing for us. Um, and, um, yeah, just, it was just a really, really, um, amazing time. And that's what drew me in as a fan. And then was a season ticket holder when the extension came in, um, and gave up, um, just before McLaren took her down. So, um, feel like at times I timed that right. Um, but, um, and then, 
yeah, I've been I've been involved with the club in other ways since then. Jonathan Drape Common, who introduces himself as Johnny for the rest of the show. Yep, I'm 26. Uh, I now live and work in Singapore. Uh, even though I miss the the northeast very much, uh, had a season ticket with my dad since I was three, and have, have pretty much gone home and away all over Europe watching Newcastle from from then until I left for Singapore two years ago. Um, my first game was Crystal Palace in the FA Cup, third round of the FA Cup, nineteen ninety nine. Shea Given got sent off after five minutes. We went one 0 down. We came back to win two one. So that was pretty much a, a, a very stellar introduction to Newcastle United. Um, and my last game was was Leicester away on a Friday night, um, which yeah, that was that was a one 0 win, and it was that game where all all the fans were in the away end for fifteen to twenty minutes. So I've I've had a good start and a and a good end in terms of watching Newcastle live. Luckily, I'm sixty. I'm now living in Scotland. I've had the misfortune of supporting Newcastle since probably early sixties. I was born in Newcastle. Uh, my dad used to take me to the match. My older sister used to take me to the match. So I've been supporting them for 50-odd years. Um, I think from my statement, you can see, I used to go regularly in the 70s. I started playing a bit of footy myself. So at that time, it was 3 o'clock for us and 3 o'clock for the uh, the, the the big boys as well. So uh, there was a conflict there, so I played. Um, and then I moved away um, with work and, and such like and lived in, um, um, well, down south for quite a while and went to a few away games. And then I came back, uh, settled, got married, living in Scotland, about uh, 20 miles north of Edinburgh. So I got a season ticket back in the 90s and um, I've been going going ever since. Yeah. Hi, guys. I'm uh, Andrew here. I'm 23 years old, born and bred in Newcastle. Uh, so far, my story, I'm a history graduate from uh, Warhol University of London. I'm about to start a PG, PGCE to become a history teacher at Sunderland University. Uh, my Cassie United journey, whoa, it's, there's been many lows in that and very few highs. It's, uh, uh, all I've ever known is the Ashy era. I started supporting them just about when they got the first relegation in 2009. It's been a long, long journey with... I mean, very few highs. I mean, my biggest, probably my high, one of the best moments I would say, my journey has been uh, the Europa League, the Europa League in 2012-13, when we got knocked out by Benfica. It was probably one of the only times where we've aspired for more than just really get staying up. It was actually, it felt like we're actually trying to do something more than that, which for once was nice. And the other moments which I've really appreciated supporting this club's got to be when Rafa came. They are. When Rafa here it was magical points. It was for once there was a person in charge of Cast United who again he realized the potential of the club and what it can be. Not what it is, what it can be and what it should be. And having some of that was great. Can you compare my Bruce or we go away to the big, big clubs? And you're like, oh God. It fills you with dread every time he talks. So McCastle United journey hasn't it's been do you know what? I would say I've, I've enjoyed it still. I've, en- I've enjoyed meeting many. I've met many like my supporters and I've made a lot of friends along the way. So it's, it's been an enjoyable journey, but I, I would much rather be a far more comfortable journey watching them. And I'm just, I've just got, we've just got hope for a brighter future as takeover, really. So the journey so far hasn't been fantastic in watching them, but I'm hoping over the next 
couple of months and maybe uh, we're, it can change and we can come to club that we Thanks, Alex. Hi, everyone. I'm Greg Tomlinson. Um, my life support in Newcastle United, well, started being uh, born uh, just a stone's throw away from the ground back in 1985. And, and I guess when you're born in Newcastle, you, you, follow, you follow your team, don't you? Um, grew up on the wonderful football of, uh, of Kevin Keegan when I was at school and remember those days uh, very, very fondly. And then growing up into my, my teenage years and beyond on the, the wonderful nights under Sir Bobby Robson and the Champions League. And um, got to go to quite a few games there on, a, on an ad hoc basis uh, with, with my dad. Um, remember my first away game at um, Coventry City um, quite some time ago. Uh, Steve Watson scoring in, in January 1996, 1-0 win away. And you know, that just opened my eyes to, you know, following Newcastle United and, you know, just a little giddy little boy. And, and then it just grew up from there. And then, you know, finally got my first season ticket when I was around 16 or 17 and just followed Newcastle, you know, all over the country, been been all, all, all over Europe, really. And it's been, you know, just a pleasure and a privilege. And then, you know, really just um, have, unfortunately, for one way of putting it, live in London now. So, um it's a bit more of a bit more of a trip back, um, but you know, still really proud of, of being a Newcastle fan, and also just, you know, given current status of what this version of Newcastle is, is a really big, uh, you know, fan of the I guess, supporters movement and, and and activism really to try and influence uh, for the best for, for football fans really. So yeah, that's uh, that's me. So hi, my name is Kevin Patterson, and I've been a Newcastle fan for well as long as I can remember. I blame my late father for cursing me with supporting this crazy football club that, that unfortunately sometimes gets totally under your skin. I also like the fact that if you're born in Newcastle, you don't actually get to choose the club you support, it chooses you. I followed them for over 50 years and I've seen some great games over the years from standing in the old Leases end to where my season ticket is now in the family enclosure. I also go with my brother and my son and my daughter share a season ticket. Hi, my name's Graham Bell. Um, a little bit about my Newcastle United journey. Um, basically, it all started through my dad, um, who successfully brainwashed me at a very early age. Uh, brainwashed me into the roller coaster ride of Newcastle United. My first game was the 3 2 win over Barcelona, which is probably the worst first game in terms of setting expectations of this wacky football club. I've followed the club home and away since I can remember and I hope I can do that with my son Ollie um, when he's old enough. He's only 16 months now um, and I'm of an age where I'm lucky enough to have seen the Sir Bobby Robson days. Kevin Keegan's first spell probably came um, a little bit too soon for me unfortunately. But I've seen this club be rel relatively successful when you compare it to, you know, what it is now in the Mike Ashley era. Um, so you know, I've I've gone through all the ups and downs um, of this of this football club. I wouldn't have it any other way, really. It's all I've ever known, and I really hope that I can kind of successfully brainwash Ollie into um, supporting Newcastle United like my dad did um, with me um, it's it's all I've known like I say and um, and going to St James's Park is it's just it's unique I still get I still get butterflies in my in my stomach when I go there and and when I walk down Barrack Road and go into the strawberry 
I still get butterflies and I'm still excited, even with the way the club is now. Um, I I always look forward to a match day, um, which is which is a bit bonkers, really, when you when you look back at the last 14, 15 years okay. or so. Um, my um, name's Lee Forster. Um, I'm 48 years old. I'm a season ticket holder along with my 16-year-old son. Um, I'm a Newcastle supporter because it was a... Uh, it was um, handed down to me. Um, it was a family thing. My dad was a Newcastle fan. My granddad was a Newcastle fan. My great-granddad was a Newcastle fan. And I heard story after story about um, Malcolm McDonald, about Jackie Milburn, even about Huey Gallagher when I was um, very, very small. Um, so effectively, I was born into it. Um, I was born in Walker. I was born and raised on Pottery Bank. Um, left Walker when I was age 10 and moved to Kenton. So I attended Kenton Comprehensive School. But I left Newcastle aged 16 in 1998 for family reasons and moved to the Midlands. Um, met my wife, um, had our children down in the Midlands, but moved up to Scarborough back in 2005. Um, my lifetime support in Newcastle started way back in 1983. Um, I had a very good season to start following Newcastle. Um, it was the season that we got promoted with the um, Beardsley, Keegan and Waddle um, attack. Um, I was aged 11 back then, and my first match I attended was against Shrewsbury on Bank Holiday Monday, um, August 1983. I attended in the benches. Um, unfortunately, I <laughs> um, should have known what was coming. Newcastle lost that game 1-0. Um, David Mills had an absolute nightmare, but I remember looking up at the Gallagher from the benches and thinking, Do you know what, I, I, I want some of this. And I was hooked, um, absolutely hooked from that day. Um, my first away game um, followed not far after. Um, I went to Newcastle at Anfield in the FA Cup third round in January 1984 when Keegan uh, made his return to Liverpool playing in black and white stripes. And I was part of, some people say 12, some people say 15,000 Geordies um, in the Kemlin Road end, which is what it should be called at Anfield, um, on that Friday night. <clears throat> so I've seen lots and lots of Lars um, following Newcastle. I've seen more than a fair share of Lars. Obviously, the late 80s and the early 1990s were up there. But obviously, um, the past 14 years for me are as low as I can remember. Um, Newcastle United in the time following them. But at the same time, I've seen lots and lots of highs. I'm fortunate enough to be able to say to my son that I saw Kevin Keegan playing in the black and white stripes. Um, obviously, experienced Keegan during his managerial stints. Um, experienced Bobby Robson. Um, so lots and lots of highs, lots and lots of lows, um, but still here um, and wanting to now do something to sort of um, help the trust um, drive the club forwards. My name's Chris Heron, I'm 31 year old and I'm from Heaton in the East End of Newcastle. My journey as a Newcastle United supporter started almost 27 years ago when I went to a Newcastle United vs Sunderland Reserves game with my dad. Sat in the East Stand with approximately 9,000 others, I'm led to believe. But unfortunately I don't really recall much about that day given my age. Um, but I'm sure my dad remembers that one fondly. Since then, uh, he always had a season ticket in the Leeds End middle tier. And... Struggled to get me tickets around him, given that it was the, the sort of Keegan era and, and the era of the entertainers. And, and subsequently, it was only really when there was a spare season ticket going for, with his mates in the, in the Gallagher end that I used to actually manage to get to the games. 
Um, but that that happened fairly frequently, and, and subsequently, I managed to see a lot of that era, with Shira becoming or fast becoming my, my childhood hero. And then it led up until the the stadium extension, and thankfully managed to get myself a season ticket at that time with with my dad in the Leeds end. Um, a big one for the noise and the the, the passion and the atmosphere, and, and becoming that sort of cliche twelfth man. Sorry about that. You're gonna get sick of cliches by the time you've finished listening to me. Like, but uh, <laughs> the that that was the whole thing for me. The match. It's always been about getting behind the team and making it difficult for the other team. And I used to stand up and sing and shout and ball in the losers' middle tier before uh, getting to such an age where you know you you want to go out with your pals, you want to have a few drinks, and and you want to have a good sing song. So I ended up moving to the losers' level seven before going into the the losers' corner. Where we enjoyed a couple of seasons up there, and, and you know made plenty of new friends, and enjoyed the atmosphere up there. And then subsequently, they, a lot of those were disbanded, and, and a lot of them moved into the Gallagher Strawberry Corner, where I've sat there for several years. During which time, um, or during the the time of certainly having a season ticket, um, I've continued going to away, away games, or, or in addition to the ones that my dad used to take me on. But I've started going with my own pals, and I've managed to amass around seventy loyalty points, approximately. Um, you know, doing all the usual fixtures, the the ones that you you build up your points with at Wigan and places like that, Bolton. Hi guys, but my I'm name's Josh Brandon, and I've been and a Newcastle United fan for almost twenty seven years. For me, my Newcastle United life has been pretty much decent up until the last ten years, twelve years, where obviously ownership has been a massive problem at the club. Predominantly, I grew up in the area where uh, we started off with Keegan. I had Robson few rough years around those but predominantly it's good memories for me and I, I've managed to bring my kids up to support the club and try and enjoy the process what we're in now and try and get me involved in the history of the club rather than the current of the club. For me Newcastle United and I've never been shy and saying it has been the prominent figure in saving my life and keeping me going. I use the club as the stepping stone for me to encourage myself and keep going day to day. It's not as much as it was now as it was then, but back then it really did save my life and I'll always hold gratitude towards the club for that and it holds a special place in my heart. The next question that I put to the lads was, what do you think the greatest issues facing Newcastle United fans are right now? Here's the answers, starting with Greg Tomlinson. Well, I could probably talk all day for this. I mean, where do you start with a, a an absentee owner who's got absolutely no interest in a football club, a takeover saga that needs a resolution one way or the other? Obviously, we're all hoping that that is a positive resolution, but this has been going on now for the best part of 15 or 16 months. The football club's in complete limbo. We're in danger of being relegated back down to the championship. If that happens, you know, look at the teams in there now. I don't think there's any guarantee that you bounce back up like the last two times. So I think the clubs are in a really difficult position. Um, and equally, it's just completely dysfunctional. <laughs> you know, it's a football club that doesn't care about its city. It doesn't care about its fans. It doesn't. It just simply does not care. And, and that's a real, real sad thing for all Newcastle fans, not least for, you know, us wanting an ambitious team. We want a team that tries its best, but we also want a team that, and a club that strives to support sporting excellence. And we don't have any of that. So, you know, the takeover needs to be resolved. We all hope that's positive. Um, but I think, you know, there's a lot more issues that we need to continue working on. And beyond that, you know, the fundamental reform of football. Football needs to change so that fans' interests are put first, and they're not, and they haven't been for quite a long time. Um, 
So if you vote for John Lane, the, the biggest thing you, you're hopefully voting for is to try and unite the fan base. I think that's a, that's a huge issue that we've got at the moment. We've got a, we've got a lot of fraction. And it might just be the minority that we see on Twitter. Um, but for me, I think that's the, that's the biggest thing. If we're not united as a voice, we're, we're going to struggle to help the takeover go through. We're going to struggle to... Um, to make sure that the, the club does feels like they need to do the right thing. Um, the club's severely understaffed on every level. Um, you know, I think, you know, the, the chief exec is doing, you know, he's not chief exec, it's, he's the board and, you know, he needs, you know, four or five people there to, to disagree with him. There's nobody at the club is willing to let people disagree with them and take that constructive feedback on. Um, you know, it's very much, well, we're going to do it our way and that's just, and that's just the way it works. Um, and that's the bit that's got to change. You know, um, the club needs to change its culture to want to be challenged because from working in businesses for years and years, um, the best teams I've worked on, we've disagreed with each other, but we've done it in a constructive way. Um, and it's meant that we've got the right result because I'm not always going to be right. Um, you know, my colleague's not always going to be right, but actually when you talk to each other and you work with each other um, and you work through those disagreements and what's going to happen, that's the, that, that's the important bit. You know, you, you get that, um, you get that part of wanting to improve um, and this club doesn't want to improve. It wants to survive until it gets sold on. And that has to change. Here's Graham Bell. In terms of uh, the biggest challenge facing Newcastle supporters, to be honest, it's probably the fan base itself. There's so many divisions there. Um, the last year or so, it's probably, well, it's been incredibly toxic probably been the worst that I can remember as a supporter um, and it to be honest it's really sad to see all the infighting and um, you know accusations flying around and, and that, to, to be honest I feel like sometimes we're our own worst enemy uh, where we're sort of directing our hatred and, and our anger at each other and not at the one person who's sort of created all this all this mess at the club and that's and that's Mike Ashley. You know, he's he's the only man to blame for it all. Um and he seems to have had a really well a free ride of it of of, of it of late. Um and if we are to achieve anything this fan base needs to be united. We all have one thing in common, and that's the love of this great football club. Um, we've shown what we're capable of if we do unite. Um, if you look at last year, with all the letters to to the local MPs and, and signing of the petition, it was incredible to see us all come together. And, you know, not just Newcastle United-wise, but you saw a couple of months ago what can happen when football fans in general come together. Um, when it was the when it was the um, Super League, you know, fan power is hugely important and and probably very underestimated, very underrated. Um, you know, if we all come together, um, we we can have that one united voice. And in order to have that one united voice, we need to stop this infighting and this pointing fingers of you know oh it's his fault oh it's her fault you know it's it's not 
you know it's it's one man's fault and that's Mike Ashley it's it's not it's not the supporters fault for going to a game because they've done it for 60 70 years whatever you know I said in my statement um that you know I met Gordon who's in his 80s now um at the uh, Leicester City match in the in the league cup a few years ago like I I would never ever point fingers at him and say he's part of the problem. Like he's gone for for seventy years or, or or more, and and that dedication is something to to admire. And here's Chris Heron. Um, it came to a time or it came to a head, if you like, in at the end of the the Rafa Benitez era for me. Um, there was. Many a year prior to that, where I was involved with fan protests or shop shouting, as some of you like to call it. Um, granted, you know, those protests didn't really ever get anyone anywhere, but for me, I've always felt it's important to do something rather than to do nothing. Um, you know, it, it, it's not it's not failing by doing something and it not working, but it is failing by not doing anything at all and sitting and complaining about it um, and complaining about the efforts of others because, you know, I think we've got to be constructive about this now. I think we've got to really start... Of, start to get behind each other and unite as a fan base as a whole. Because when Benitez left, um, I'm not alone in this, I think a lot of people left because, not just because they thought the club was going to go backwards, you know, it, it's been backwards before under, under Ashley, is, like twice, hasn't it? You know, like we've been we've been relegated twice, um, but we've bounced back. So it's it's not that short-term um, pain, if you like, but it's, it's more so the the absolute like corrosive nature of the club now where it's got zero ambition and that lack of ambition actually comes from strategic sort of downplaying of the expectations and and the biggest issue we face really as a whole not not just as Newcastle United fans but as football fans is an issue of contempt Josh Bonyard I believe the biggest issues at the club right now are obviously the ownership the ownership is dreadful and it's something that we really need to concentrate on trying to change and encourage the Premier League to step up and show us the ins and outs of what's going on because we're a club that deserves better. We're a club that deserves to be higher up the league and competing. It's, it's disgusting the way that we are now. We, we've never been a club that's settled for mediocre. We've always been a club that's been pushing and, and trying to get the best out of the team and the players and actually bidding for players and having players wanting to come and play for the club. Whereas now we're just in a poisonous circle of loan signings and players wanting to use us as a stepping stone to go to bigger and better places. And that isn't Newcastle United. The Newcastle United I remember is signing a player for a world record fee, bidding for players for world record fees and, and pushing on and competing at the highest level, which is what we deserve as fans. We've always deserved that as fans. This is a fantastic football club and it's an amazing structure. And it just needs the right people behind it to push this club forward. Lee Forster. Um, for me personally, I think the biggest issue at the moment is I describe it in my election statement as a, a supporter emergency. Um, Newcastle United are hemorrhaging fans um, like no time in my lifetime supporting the club. Um, my, my biggest concern, having a son who is 16, um, who, who I have to say is literally obsessed with the club. But, but my biggest concern is around the younger generation. Um, the club has become so, so disconnected from the younger generation of fans 
um, that I wonder where we will be in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years' time. Where are the next generation of Newcastle United fans coming from? And without the fans, Newcastle United are absolutely nothing. Um, the club, and, and this is one of the things I'd be very keen to work with the trust on, is to try and get um, the trust to the trust to engage and involve the younger generation of fans. How can we get the younger generation of fans sort of um, hooked up to the trust and to take an active part in the trust and become interested in supporting the trust and backing the trust? but also getting the trust to sort of really proactively challenge the club um, to increase and improve the work it does with the younger generation of fans. The biggest concern is in, as I said, 15, 20, 25 years' time, where are the next generation of supporters coming from? And without that generation of supporters, the club is it, it could fade away. Sorry, Kevin Patterson. I think the biggest thing the Castle United fans face at the minute is trying to stick with a club that shows no, shows a total lack of ambition. And at times, as we've all probably experienced, it's very difficult to follow a club that is run by people who don't seem to share the same passion that we do for the club. Okay. Yeah. yeah so, hi, guys. My name's Andrew here again. Uh, biggest issue, one issue, one issue only, the takeover. The takeover has to happen. It is the only issue that matters at the moment, and that, and that is final. If we do not get this takeover, I am very, very, very concerned at the future of this club. Because on one side, we've got the chance to become one of the biggest clubs in the world. We can, com- we can be competitive again, and we can be asked to be even more than competitive. We can probably compete with the likes of Man City and PSG with the, with the, with the investment of PIF and this consortium. Then on the other side, if we don't get it, we stand at a great dark abyss where the future, I don't know what it is, but it, it will not be good. It will be dark and it'll be, it'll be grim with no hope because at the moment, there is very little hope again. So, I mean, we start, we're going to start the season, it looks like, because the arbitration's been delayed with Bruce in charge, with very little investment. We might get Willick, but there's, it sounds like the budget's absolutely minuscule. So it's going to be last season and the season before that, where it's just a grim battle to relegate, battle to survival. So again, it's a takeover, takeover, takeover. I mean, I keep saying it, we need it, and it's our only hope. Without it, I'm afraid it's, it's, it's game up for your cash tonight, probably. Johnny, I think communication, dialogue, uh, answers and transparency, I guess that's four, actually. Um, but yeah, I, well, I've given you four. And I think it's important to stress as well that those four answers, that they, they'd be exactly the same before the whole Premier League takeover saga thing. I, I know they're, they're key buzzwords right now that lots of people are talking about, but for a long time, we've had absolutely no say in the running of the football club. And and the club don't even pretend to let us have a say. It's completely blank shut. So, so what fans really need is a voice. Obviously, NUS has been a good platform to to give people that. It's probably been the only platform as well, to, to be completely honest. And and what's also important, I think, is 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 a challenge for, for fans as well. Is in house is actually getting getting fans singing from one hymn sheet again. Um, actually, that's probably the biggest challenge. Is I've said it about previous managers, like you know the likes of Hutton Robson, who say, but if you get the fans on side and essentially have everyone singing from one hymn sheet, then then we can be a pretty unstoppable force. And the only way to do that and to achieve those those four things that I mentioned at the start is probably if we if we start doing those in, ourselves in house as well among supporters. Well, that's something I'd like to do if if elected. Here's Cliff Collie. Right. 
I think the biggest issue, obviously, is the ownership and the direction that it's going or not going in. Um, for whatever reason, uh, Mike Ashley and uh, doesn't seem to be on the same page as as the fans. Uh, there's various elements to that. Um, I think the uh, the NUST community statement. Um, I think that's on on your website, and I think that's probably a helpful um, structure to see where where the fans or we want to go and where um, we think that the the club isn't isn't going. So I think there's a unfortunately um, we're not together on this. Um, and because of that, we're not quite succeeding on the pitch as, as well as we would like to. And we can't see that changing anytime soon uh, because of the, the infrastructure, the structure, the players coming through and the way that uh, Mr. Ashley's running running the club. So that's very frustrating. And um, um, it doesn't have to be that way. I think this is, this is, the, is the main the main point I was trying to get in my um, in my my statement. Um, Mr. Ashley came in. Looks as though he had the right intentions. Looks as though he got the club with his you know going on the terraces, having a pint, reintroducing Keegan. But um, he then made some decisions which weren't great for the club, and then there was confrontation between the fans and him. And then we've we've sort of lost it for about ten years. Um, so we need to try and we need to try and rectify that. Um, he's the incumbent. He's the decision maker at the moment, and hopefully that's going to change. But it, the reality is, it might not change in the in the near or middle 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 future, as it were. So I think we have to try and um, engage with him and new prospective owners and and try and get the right message across to make it a win-win for, for, for the owners, the club and, and the fans. Next question I asked the candidates was what motivated them to put themselves forward to be uh, a candidate for the election to the board of the Supporters Trust and Chris Heron is going to kick us off. So, you know, since Ashley's reign, like, it's not it's not always been terrible, has it? Like, I think we're, we often f- like forget that the first year or two we were all full of hope and full of like this notion that we could believe again, but unfortunately that's been proven to be wrong um, in the grander scheme of things. And over the time that the club has slowly been pulled apart and picked apart and and just run into the ground essentially by a club that holds its fans in contempt because it doesn't have any respect for its fans almost like the the fans go irrespective of what's going on at the club we've seen name changes we've seen heroes like completely like sort of um cast aside and and just the club as a whole is not representative anymore of the community that it's supposed to be representing and for me it's that level of contempt that is truly destroying the club then you look further afield and you've got the, the fans in general by the FA. I mean, you know, like these ticket prices that continue to go up or they've, they've rarely been managed. And the kickoff times, which are con- like just an absolute joke, really. Like you've got like Newcastle fans travelling all over the country at all sorts of times, packing out away ends and struggling to even get home. So they're having to cost, like it's costing them a fortune just to like get overnight accommodation and whatnot. 
it's just the fans as a whole aren't held in any high regard because it's more about the broadcasting and getting out on TVs for the armchair fan and it's it's just not right. So the fans in general are being held in contempt by the FA and broadcasters alike. Then what what makes it even worse and just adding to the whole scenario is this absolutely farcical situation from last year, which was the ASL and the Super League that was proposed. Again, contempt is the word and it's just... It's an absolute joke, really. Like it's not just fans that are now being held in contempt, but it's the actual competing clubs in these leagues. You know, there's 14 teams in the Premier League who should be absolutely appalled by the nature of that whole debacle, and actually that extends to the full football league. Because for me, the the six clubs involved should have been reprimanded a lot, lot heavier. And it's only because of this sort of initiation of a fan head review into football that's come as a result of that sort of action that has really motivated me to get back involved again. And, and to be fair, there is a bit of a change in personal circumstances, which has allowed me to maybe put some more time into this over the next year or two. But it's just, it's got to be our opportunity to really seize the moment where, you know, Newcastle fans unite and stop one-upping each other and fans as a whole stop this whole one-upmanship about who's got worse owners or who's got the right to protest and all this sort of nonsense. Fans know what's going on at their club better than anyone else. It's as simple as that. So it's time that we all come together and say what defines football and what defines our clubs. So we absolutely must take this opportunity to, to reclaim the game. Here's Graham Bell. It's about, for me, it's about bringing all of our supporters together because right now it's it's incredibly toxic and it's um, and it's and it's just... It's just really upsetting to see, um, and I want a better Newcastle United, which is ultimately why I'm standing for election. The trust have done some amazing work over the last few years, you know, through Alex and and now through through Greg. But there's so many brilliant people on like involved in the trust, and I'd love to be a part of it. Um, I want to be able to carry on that that great work even further i'm more motivated than than ever before to help the trust with my ideas um that will improve communication and hopefully bring supporters together like i touched on before that's a big ask i know but i genuinely believe that it can be done um i want my son to be proud of of me ultimately and this football club i don't want him to kind of have to grow up and and see it in the mess it is now um and i want i want to be able to help achieve that um because right now let's be honest it's it's a pretty depressing time to be a newcastle fan um and i i it's been I, I don't know if this is the right word but maybe it's been a bit of a burden the last the last um, 15 months with all the takeover going on, I know it's affected a lot of people in terms of their mental health because literally up here it is all people think about is, is Newcastle United. And um, to have like that soul, you know, sucked out of it, it's 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 really upsetting and, and, and it's, yeah, I, I just don't want my son to kind of go through through that, I want him to see a, a successful Newcastle United, like I've been able to see to a degree. And um, people... Josh Banyard. My motivation to stand is to support the club that supported me. 
I've always believed that this club helped shape my life and saved me from doing something stupid when I had the opportunity to. And I want to give back to that club. I'm a different voice to a lot of people because obviously I'm not a Geordie. I am from London originally. I live in Newcastle now, but originally I'm from London and this club still fell into my heart. Mostly through family, but mostly through me investigating and falling in love with the fans, the stadium, the history, the team, the players, everything. And it's just, it means the world to me, this club. And I just want to be able to give back and say I help support it for its roughest moments. I believe that I can bring more to the trust than some people because I have an independent voice and I've been inside the club and worked with the foundation and seen how much they're not supported by the main structure of the team and the club. And it's something that we should be supporting and pushing. We, we need to support every avenue of this club, whether that's the club or the foundation, we need to be helping support those. And I believe my voice can help push those structures into place. Kevin Patterson. I think, you know, I think as, as Newcastle fans, we've all, you know, if, if you look at stuff like what do you get out of following Newcastle, I think if you look at things like, you know, you ask you what's your favourite game, I think it'd probably be easier to come up with <laughs> games yeah. that um, have made you sad in your life because we've, no, we've won nothing in 50-odd years. I think if you asked every Newcastle fan what the favourite game is, they'd all have different ones because they can't say, well, the FA Cup final in 98 or the FA Cup final in, in 99. Um, and I think what if I was elected to the board, and hopefully that would be for three years' time, I think in three years... I would like to think as a trust that we don't have to make too much noise because we'd have got our club back in that time and the club will then be engaging with us and we'll just be working with them to get people to go back to the match and enjoy it like we used to. Not boycotting the beer stand, not boycotting the club shop, um, just going to the match and enjoying the experience as a football match, if that makes sense. Johnny, I, I, I really think more needs to be done, and, and I'm not this type of person to to sit on social media complaining and and then and then essentially not walk the walk as well. I, I think the, the pledge has been great, but but in, in my honest opinion, I think Nuss can be doing doing a lot more across all areas that that directly have an impact upon fan experience for Newcastle fans right now. Uh, you know, it, it, I'm, I'm sure that Nust are working on it, but I think things from ticket prices to season tickets, travel, safe standing, communication with supporters. I think, again, that's not even mentioned in the takeover or how crap the actual football team is. That There's a lot of work to do right now or, or yesterday, to be honest. And, and I, I would, I'd quite like to be in a position to, to get started on, on some of those things that, that we can have an impact on right now. Greg Tomlinson. Why should people vote for me? Well, you know, I'd like to think that, I, you know, I, I uh, should be voted for just to keep up the good good work of the trust as much as anything. Um, you know, I don't think it needs radical direction. I do, new direction. I do think there are things that we can improve. Um, and I do think we can communicate better with our members. And I do think we need to really grow um, offline away from social media. And that's obviously a challenge in the pandemic. But with that coming to an end, there's various ways that we can do that. So, um, why should people vote for me? Well, so that I can continue to lead the board, hopefully, um, with a refreshed board as well um, going forward and to continue to be that professional looking, influential organisation that can really stand up almost like a union for Newcastle supporters and that stands up in the media, stands up against others 
in the face of um, adversity sometimes, but also, you know, just wanting the best for Newcastle. What, what vote do you want to stand for election? Um, lots of things. Um, I think I, I came close last time um, and um, I felt like this is the ne- this is the last time I'm going to run, regardless of whether I'm successful or, or, or whether um, whether I'm not successful. Um, I think if you if you're not voted on twice, I think I think the, the trust is telling you something <laughs> overall, um, and 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 that's fine, you know. Um, but for me, it's it's it, it's the want for a better football club for my kids. Um, there's been a lot of years where you know you know my, my nephews just haven't seen a, a good Newcastle United. I was lucky enough. You know, to my first game, you know, uh, Keegan, um, you know, in charge, uh, Ferdinand Hattrick, um, who should have won the league that year. Um, and, you know, and then as a season ticket holder, Robson taking us to the Champions League. You know, I want my kids to see that. Um, it's not possible with this ownership, it's not possible with the way the club has been run. And that, and that, and really, I want to be any part that's going to bring that ambition back. Cliff Collie. Um, well, I'm um, well. I've just retired, so I've got a bit of time on my hands. Um, that was about three three months ago. Um, I I'm not really into social media, so I'm I know, I'm not into Twitter. I'm not into really in Facebook. So I I see. It from probably nufc.com and the Chronicle and, and seeing the national papers and things like that. So I'm perhaps different to a lot of the people on the board and a lot of the fans who, uh, but, I, but I think there's probably a lot of people like me who don't do social media, you know, that, and I think we, people like me might be the, the sort of more, I think you've got a vocal minority who, um, have the best intentions, but might not put forward um, uh, the same views as the majority of Newcastle fans, and I think that's I think that's an issue, and I think um, I'd, I'd hopefully might be able to assist in uh, bringing bringing that together. So I, I thought, with the time I've got, uh, I've got a bit of experience in dealing with difficult people in difficult situations through the, the, the job that I did. And I might be able to, to help and, um, and and get us going in the right the right direction. Kevin Patterson. I've wanted to stand for election for the last couple of years, but just sort of work and family commitments um, stopped me from doing that. I'd like to just get involved in trying to help the supporters club, club get back our club um, and start to engage with us. There's a lot of clubs around the country do engage with their fans. And if I can help them do that in any way, that's what that's what I want to do. Lee Forster. My son. My son, I make no bounds about it. My son. Um, my son, as I said earlier, he's um, absolutely obsessed by the club. Um, and I feel that as a Newcastle, a, a fifth generation Newcastle United fan, I have to protect what I believe is his and his generation's birthright. And anything I can do to help the trust to do that, to proactively and aggressively, I'll say the word aggressively, challenge the club to be the best it possibly can be, I will be able to look at my son in 10 years' time and say, I did what I could to protect Newcastle United for him and his kids. 
Uh, hi guys, it's Andrew again. Andrew. Uh, okay, yeah, I joined NUS, I'm gonna be honest, quite a few, just a few weeks back. I mean, last year I thought NUS did a good job at fight for fight the table last summer. I thought when they when initially collapsed last summer, they stood up, they fought. Because they did good social, I thought they did a good social media campaign, lobbying MPs, and getting all these switching masters last summer. I thought it, they did a good job, but after Tom's meeting with Richard it last August, things seemed to me just went a bit all bit, bit. Well, the, the momentum on the table one it died, it, and it seemed everything foot fell apart. And since then, I've seen very little action from us in relation to the takeover. They've put statements out, but again, statements are all good, but we need actions. And it's been very little actions on that. And I've seen over the past few weeks, especially running, I've had a few runnings with supporters over this. And uh, the idea that they are, they are a protest group. And people, many people, I mean, I've been told they're not a protest group. And I think they should be, and they should be fighting for this takeover. They should be actively fighting and backing protests because the protest a few weeks ago, in London, I was there, and it took us the night before to to back it. And I was a bit, it was a bit half. Personally, I thought it was a bit half-hearted backing it the night before, and I just want to see them actively backing and playing a massive role and leading the fight instead of sitting behind. So I, I joined really to hopefully get them going the right direction. I think the direction they should go. I think they should go in and leading the fight for the takeover and directing it and actively playing the part to help bring the Premier to book and get to over the line. So that's why I ran for to help them. Go in the right direction, direction I see them at least. What do you think, Andrew? And this is just a conversation yeah. between us now. What yeah. kind of what? So you, you mentioned action. Could you be more specific? So yeah. You're standing for the board because you want to see more action taken. That's great. Can you be specific for the people listening with what kind of action you think the trust could do to try and impact the takeover? Yeah, I can. I mean, one thing I want to make clear first is I want to be before going forward. If I get in the board, I want to have a consensus of what the fans actually want this action to be. So I want the fans to tell me what action they want. Because again, we represent the fans, so I want them to tell us what we want. But I have got a few ideas what I think we could do. I think put us in the stadium, outside the stadium, would be a good start. I know we've done this, and many people will say we've done this under Mike Ashley and it hasn't worked. But Mike Ashley is a completely different beast to the EPL. Mike Ashley, when you put us, he just doesn't listen. He's a vindictive man who just, he doesn't care. And he never will care about Newcastle United. But the EPL, they seem like they don't care about Newcastle United. But if we put us heavy against them and strongly put us against them, and they can't, they will not be able to ignore it over time. They might ignore it here and there, but if we put us hard against them, they will not be ignored because it's their job. They have to talk to the fans in reality over the long term. So I think Portis in the stadium is good, getting war flags back in the stadium and just hitting them hard. Everyone hitting and only hitting the Premier League, not singing anti-Bruce songs and Ashley songs now. Because I, I understand the concerns of Mike Ashley. I cannot stand Mike Ashley. He has been a parasite in this club for 14 years. But we need to help. We need to get him out. He wants out. He sold the club. He's not selling the club. He sold the club to PIF and the consortium. We need to back him to get rid of him. I'm not saying say he's good. He's not. But we need to basically forget about our dispute with him, forget about the dispute with Bruce, and just fight against the Premier League. If we, get, if we beat the Premier League, get us to the line, Ashley goes and the uh, Bruce goes. So it's a win-win. So that's one thing we could do. 
second thing we can do is, again like last summer a social media campaign again get going because i mean it's small and i agree people go well what difference to make it might make a small difference but a small difference is a difference and i think even small things like having to go with the sponsors raising awareness basically people question basically allow people to question the Premier League going so if, if one person looks and goes why are you castle fans keep hitting the sponsor point coca-cola or aa what people might look into it and actually it create awareness of the situation and one other thing I think Nusky doing right now is last week I in the statement that Nus made about after the arbitration got delayed again for jeez uh they made a point that Richard Masters last summer he practically he lied when he said he had basically said that he would t- he, he was it was for the best interest of Castle fans he was acting in and I think Nuss should be going to the Breton and Nuss should be sorry we can hear my dog barking <laughs> yeah, we should be going to the uh, the press and shout press anyone who listen and shouting saying that Richard Masters lied to us. He's the chief executive of the Premier League. Him lying to a supporters group is disgraceful and shocking. Because obviously he hasn't got any interest. The Premier League haven't got. I've not considered at one point the interest of Castle United fans. Is it an abstract lie? He says they have. So I think we should be highlighting that point that he's like the supporters trust. And I think that would. That'd be a really, really, good, that'd be a really, really good start. Because I mean, at the end of the day, if Boris Johnson lied to the, to the public, he'd be under immense scrutiny if you don't have to leave. So Richard Masters, the father of the fact he's had little to no scrutiny for lying, we, we need to try and hold him accountable. I think Nuss can play a big part in holding him Alex accountable. again here. Uh, at this point, I just pushed Andrew for a bit more clarification on how he would achieve those objectives he sets out because he would be one of 12 board members, I think, and would have to get other people on the board who have also been elected and also have their own mandates um, to agree with them. And here are Andrew's answers to that. I would remind the board that we're here to represent the fans and that the fans did say last summer it, that they won 96% fans agreed, or was it 96.7 or something like that, agreed. They want, they want, they want to fight for they want this takeover. And what I've seen is, for the past years, a lot of people... Some people, quite a lot, come actually disillusioned by NUST and his lack of fight to And I want to mind them who we represent. We represent the fan base. We represent these fans. They want to fight. And I respect that Nust past year. Many people have done a good job with the players and that. And I respect that because everyone has one opinion. And fair enough. But I want to remind them who we serve. We serve the fans. And the fans want this team. So we really, really strongly, I would strongly fight for this. We need to try and represent them and actually fight this Tego. And I respect people have differences, but I, I want to try and make them see my side of it. I know they might not, and it might be it might be a futile fight, but I, I at least have to try and do this. That this Tego, it's, it's all or nothing now. It's all or nothing. All, all cards on the table. And then we need to fight now. And for the next few months, it's crucial that we do, because I seriously, I do think if we don't get this Tego over, the, the club's going to die. It's And I will... I would get this message as strongly across the board as possible. I'm. I think if we fight now, and Nuss fight now, I think one thing I would say actually, if we don't fight now, if Nuss do not fight now, I would worry about the relevance if the ticket does happen. I think because it gets vanished, and I think that if they want to stay re- relevant and want to keep all the everything else going, we need to fight this takeover. So I think if we fight this takeover and fight now. People will respect the organisation going, you know what? When we most need them, they stood, before, they stood up and they fought for it. And that's the message I'll send the board. We need to stand up now to fucking 
for the fans because the fans need us more than ever and the, and the trust need to realise that I think really that what position we're in is precarious to say the least we need to fight and I know yeah. I might not win the support of the board but I think it's at least worth trying if I do get in to try and do that yeah Alex again, uh, considering some of the claims Andrew uh, made there about the trust board and the direction, I thought I'd give uh, Greg Thomason, who is the only uh, current board member up for re-election and the current chair, the right to reply to some of the things Andrew said there. Uh, Greg Tomlinson, I would say that if you look at it objectively, it's absolutely nonsense. And if you take a look at what the trust has done over the past 12 months or more on this, you know, at the start when this story broke, was all all over the media attacks on Newcastle fans, and 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 myself, you, the board, got out there in light of our member survey that 97% of our members are in support of this takeover, and we stood up for Newcastle fans in local, national, and international media. We were doing interviews with Chinese newspapers, German newspapers, Brazilian newspapers. We got out there and we got that message out there. Then. Whilst that takeover was still ongoing, in the face of clear uh, influence from other outside influences, we engaged a legal team to write to the Premier League, setting out legal analysis as to why the takeover should be approved and why there is no impediment for the Premier League approving it under its owners and directors test. Then we started a campaign for transparency and people were still calling for transparency now, but we've got over 10,000 letters to, to members of parliament. We had responses from Boris Johnson. We had responses from the chancellor. We had every single Northeast MP responding. We had Amanda Staveley come out and say that she acknowledges that a strong supporters trust is good for Newcastle United. So to suggest that we haven't stood up for members on this takeover when we've done all of that and more and other letters in the background and we got in front of Richard Masters and asked some questions, you know, you might not like the questions, the answers to the questions that we got from Richard Masters, um, but, you know, we're the only organisation that got in front of him. And yes, that was a regular Premier League meeting, but the agenda was flipped. This wasn't, this isn't normally on the agenda at those uh, FSA meetings. We got that tabled on the agenda and Thomas got in front of Richard Masters and asked those questions. And if he'd have gone in there, effing and blinding, this and that, and really aggressive on a Zoom call, there's a big red button and that would have been pressed straight away. So we had to play it tactically. He came out and he said he wanted transparency. We still don't have it. And we'll still continue to call all avenues available to us for that transparency. But to say that we've uh, stood back and done nothing on this is, um, well, it's just not true. So the final question that I put to our 10 candidates was, why should you, the True Faith podcast listener and the NUST member, vote for them? And here are the answers from all 10 candidates. <laughs> That's a really good question. Um, I'm not a super fan. I'm a fan. I'm a fan who's followed the club for 40 years. Um, I'm a fan who will listen to various different opinions. Um, I'm acutely aware of the fact that 97% of the fan base are in favour of um, the proposed takeover um, from the PCP consortium, and I'm personally um, 100% behind that takeover. Um, but I'm also a realist. Yeah, I won't um, spin um, anything in order to gain favour um, from the electorate. I won't. Um, people are 
free to contact me on social media um, if they want to ask me any questions about my reasons for that. Um, and I will be open and honest. And I will also be open and honest in being quite happy to challenge my fellow board members if I don't think that my fellow board members are 100% reflecting the feelings of the fan base, which is ultimately what the purpose of the NUFC Trust is. Graham Bell. People should vote for me because I'm I'm honest, I'm open, and I'm always I'm I'm always available, and I'm always I'm always willing to give my time for other supporters. Um, you know I I've said it a few times now. I want to bring this fan base together and increase membership numbers for the trust, improve communication from the from not just the trust but um from the club who've let's face it it's apart from the takeover they've they barely say a word word to us and it's not good enough especially when you see ticketing nightmares like um like only just recently for the Doncaster game there was lots of people who were left without tickets for a pre-season game they just weren't sent out in time and I, and communication is key and and it's it's difficult difficult because a lot of the issues stem from a lack of communication from the club um and it's my it's my ambition my my goal and my drive to to improve that communication because it's the least we deserve as as paying supporters as loyal loyal supporters you know um turn up every week and to be treated like that to be left in the dark for for so long it's it's just not good enough um and i'm not gonna i'm I'm not want to sort of shirk a challenge in in any way and this is something i've wanted to do for for a very long time and i really do believe i can help make a difference and i'm really motivated to make that difference but to be honest the it's it's not just about me um it's it's not just about me or my son or anyone else who's sort of listening to this or read my statement statement it's about everyone it's about all newcastle united fans and if i can make any kind of difference in a good way um for their match going experience or just in general in general terms about newcastle united then I'll be proud of myself and I will work hard I will work incredibly hard to to achieve that to to make you be proud of of the trust and to be proud of of the football club again because like I said before it's been it's been incredibly draining the last um 15 months or so and and we do we do all need to come together now and and get behind the trust um they've done incredible incredible work um you know they got in front of richard masters and asked him questions about the takeover and and we need that transparency and i believe through the trust we can we can achieve that but again it it requires everyone coming together everyone united and and going for that same cause if we're if we're, you know, fractured and and divided, it's it's not gonna work. And and um, it it is my goal ultimately to bring everyone together. And you know, 
like I say, it it sounds a bit cliched, but United we are stronger. United we are stronger, and and to have that one powerful voice um, will be very. It'll be very very hard to ignore it. Kevin Patterson. Um, I think the trust is the ideal platform to liaise with the club and get the fans' point of view across. Um, unfortunately, like I said before, the club is somebody that um, doesn't doesn't engage with us. Um, I will spend all my time and effort in working towards getting the club to liaise with us um, and also try and take the trust forward to get as many new members as we possibly can. I think we try. We need to, like I've said in my statement, we need to look at the things locally first of all, and try and get a. I think the main aim is to get a new owner for the club, in any way we can. But I think also looking at things nationally, we also need to try and get the Premier League to start to recognise that fans have a voice in the game because we are the most important, the most important things out there. And I think the pandemic's proved that the game's nothing without fans. So I think nationally as well as a trust, we need to start getting, I know we are involved, but more involved in trying to move the game forward nationally as well. John Lane. Um, you should vote for me because I care. Um, I've worked with the club before um, on the forum. Um, and I think we got a lot of success there. And I felt like I, w- I, felt like I was listened to. And don't get me wrong, there were times when actually... You know, there wasn't the action that needed to happen, but I feel like I was able to have good, constructive conversations with people, and whether they want to listen or not, um, I think you know, I think I think I did that. Um, I've done work with the trust already, so even though I've not been part of the board, um, I've really helped with you know, I've helped with the eighteen ninety two pledge, trying to make sure that you know we can contact people where they've had failed payments to to really increase that tally, um, which is an important one. Um, but I've also been involved with the NUST Council, um, where we've looked at our position on trying to get fans back into football grounds. And um, yeah, unfortunately, the club didn't take on board everything that we wanted. But actually, in terms of NUST's position, I feel like it was a big part of, of, of where we were trying to go with that and, and drive that conversation. And I think what what I bring is I'm pretty balanced. And what I try and do is is make sure that it's fair. So anything that I suggest for me, it's about making it fair for everyone. Um, and it's not about it necessarily being open season, but it's about thinking, well, actually, what you know, what should we do? What's the most balanced way of doing that? Um, and I'm passionate, and and that'll that'll uh, come across with the board, and and you know, if I'm if I'm successful, so it's about making sure that we we encourage the right conversations and not be afraid to actually say, to be honest, I don't don't agree with that. Um, this this is how I would do it, and this is why I would do it that way. Cliff Colley, I th- I think. Um... I think any fan base is quite disparate. And as, as I say, I haven't been on social media, but I've had a, a bit look over the last few days. And I think there's a few fan groups about, not necessarily singing from the same hymn sheet. And I think that's, that's a shame. I think what I get the impression from, I might be wrong with NUST, is that they aren't necessarily confrontational, going for mass marches and things like that, and want to do it by persuasion, which I think is probably the right way. And I think if we could, as a group, get the right um, message, the right goal, so everybody's aiming for that goal, and I think the community statement is a, a good start for that, and then get the other groups to agree that in principle, because we all want to get to that goal. I think the, the difference between the groups is how you get to that 
school, whereas any OST is a bit more passive. I think I've heard one of the criticisms and such like, which I don't think is a criticism. Uh, but there's different ways, different means, different ways to skin a cat. So I, I, I think I would like to, to do to do that. Um, how I can help do that is, um, oops, sorry, I've got um, I've got time. I've got time to do that. As I say, I've got experience um, with work and life experience of dealing with difficult people in difficult situations. So hopefully, I'll be able to be positive in relation to that. I've got a passion for the club. I might not be pinging that on Twitter and Facebook and marching on the ground, but the passion is there and it's as much a passion in the club is as important to me as it is to people who are more vocal about it. And hopefully I've got a bit of common sense as as, 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 as well. Um, and I, I think that we can, and I think NUST has come up with a great start with a community statement, but I think we can... Um, Mike Ashley's the decision maker, the owners are the decision maker, the Premier League's the decision maker, so we can't make decisions, but we can try and influence the people making decisions. And if we can show them that um, a much warmer relationship between fans and owner would be much better for his business, much better for his advertising, you know, rather than um, you know, his, his advertising all around the ground that's um, shouting nasty things about him, that can't be good and if he can come to the ground and be welcome that would be a lot more positive and if he doesn't sell the, the, the club soon we've got him for a while if he does sell the club we need to be in a position to persuade the new owners that uh, we can help we can add value to their business and it can be a win-win for the uh, the business their business the area and, and ourselves. So, again, so that's that's hopefully what I would be able to add to the uh, to the board and and, and and assist in getting to where we all want to get to. Champions League final in uh, twenty twenty seven. Chris Heron. So finally, I guess you'll be asking yourself why why vote for you, like why vote for me. Um. I'll be honest with you. I, I don't. I'm not of the view that one man can change anything, but or, or change a lot with the circumstances that we're currently in. You're talking about a multi-billion-pound business here, and you're talking about billionaires and multi-millionaires. So, you know, to to really overcome that power as just one Joe blog off the street is is nigh on impossible. But what I can do is attempt to reinvigorate the membership that we have for the trust to provide that transparency to listen to members, to try and pull the members together. And even if they disagree with one another, at least give a sense of everyone being represented at board level and truly have a, an open line of communication where ideally I would like to get around to people in the next year and, and go to different parts of Newcastle and, and further afield just to sort of have one nights where we or want like meetings where we can discuss it with people and, and speak to people face-to-face -face about their issues, both large and small, with regards to the club or with regards to the trust, whatever it is that we need to do to really start pulling together. It's it's imperative that Newcastle is united um, because unless it is united, then it, it can, unfortunately it can be defeated. Um, 
You know, like this is our club, it's our responsibility to look after it. And these people that are currently in charge are just custodians. They'll be gone eventually, you know, and like those who've boycotted will be back and all of that, but we've got to make sure that there's a, a club to return to by sticking together and really sticking to our guns. We all know that change is needed at Newcastle United. So hopefully through this increased transparency and this drive for membership engagement, hopefully that enables us to become stronger as a, as a trust. Hopefully that enables us to not just be prepared for the long-term battles through the pledge scheme and through gaining a stake in the club, which is absolutely imperative for the long-term solutions of the game, but it's about winning those short-term battle, battlefields and, and battles and, and really sort of putting an, an onus on the club and on, on the league to make sure that the club does what it's supposed to do and that is to represent its community. And this is a community that we should all be massively proud of. Josh Banyard. I think a vote for me is a vote for someone who's really passionate about this team and about this club and wants to see this club progress and step forward and do the best they can. And I'll help push as much as I physically can. I'll go to meetings and I'll be online and I'll be on social media and I'll share videos and I'll do everything I can to make the Newcastle United Supporters Trust and the club go forward and progress into what we deserve as fans. Johnny, uh, because I'm so fed up with just about every single thing to do with Newcastle United and I want change just, just like you do and just like probably every other person does. There's there's loads of different opinions amongst fans. There's loads of perhaps infighting, disagreements, name-calling, but at the end of the day, I think 99% of that only exists because fans are so fed up and, and they want things to change. And, and again, I, I can't stress that that isn't just related to, to the takeover, that there are many issues that need to be resolved or needed to be resolved long before anyone heard the name Amanda Stavely. And, and while I'll be supporting and helping anything NUS can do with, with those big issues relating to takeovers or, or anything like that right now, I really want to get started on, on real fan issues today and the bigger stuff that I'm sure the bigger stuff will work itself out in the meantime, but, but I want to get cracking on, on those aforementioned issues that really affect the fan experience right now. Uh, hi, guys. It's uh, Andrew here again. And uh, why should why you should vote for me? Oof. I mean, I think of all the kinds I've seen, I am very, very, very pro takeover. And I think we should be fighting tooth and nail for this takeover. And it's, it, as, I, as I said prior, we're on the verge of either greatness and becoming everything you want this club to be. And at the same time, we're on the verge of complete collapse, where if it goes, if the takeover does collapse, which let's hope it does, pray it doesn't. If it collapses, we're done as a club. We're on it, and you need. And I think, I think Nuss needs personally needs to change direction. And I think I'm, I think I'm the man for that job to help it change direction. As if you go on my Twitter, if you get my statement, my statement when it comes out and you read it, you'll see how poor I am and how and what my stances are. Uh, I'm. I think I can help change this direction. I think many people think that Nuss has lost its way a bit. It's, hasn't exactly, I think people think it doesn't listen to fans at the moment to an extent. I think a lot of people are disillusioned and I want to reassure these people who have become disillusioned that I will, I will fight for you. I will fight for the interest in 97%. I want action on this takeover and I will fight tooth and nail for you to get this deal done. Or not, to help get this deal done, help action, anything that can help it, I'll back. Just, if you want to, if you want to fight for this takeover, back me. 
I'll try my best to fight heart and soul. I promise you that. I'll fight for you and fight for this takeover and, and fight to tell them to see the light and and for them to go in the, to, to go in the same direction as because I think Nost with the right with, with the right people will be an inviable asset. It will. It's got the legitimacy when it's got legitimacy. It's recognised by the FSA. It's recognised by the club. And it's recognized by the Premier League. So if no score in the right direction fights Tail, I think it'll be it'll be a very good asset. It can make a very big influence. So if you want to see no score in the right direction fight for takeover, I'll say vote for me. And I'll try my best. I can't promise we'll win, obviously. But I can promise we'll try our best. I'll, and I'll try my best to get to fight for this takeover. And for the interest in 97%. So uh thank you for your time and listening. Uh, Greg Tomlinson, yeah. So I was fortunate enough to be asked to, to join the refresh board back in January, February 2019. And, and the, the selling point for me there was the, you know, the, um, I guess the, the offer of getting involved in a, in a movement and building a proper movement to stand up for Newcastle fans and also trying to start make a difference. Um, and, and, and ideas around, you know, at the time, the idea around what's now become the 1892 pledge scheme and, and, and fan ownership and just really, you know, driving the best for, for Newcastle fans. I've been involved now for, for the best part of three years and can see, you know, what, what the trust can really achieve and, and what Newcastle fans can achieve when we come together. And, you know, there's a there's a whole host of list of achievements that the trust has has done over the last uh, few years. And, uh, you know, I, I'm not here just to sell the trust, so I, I won't just reel them off. But what I really motivated me to, to be re-elected is that we have a magnificent platform now that, that's been built up under your leadership to really then now take this forward to the next level, even beyond. So we've come from 500 odd members when we when we got back together as a board, we've built it up to the best part of 13, 14,000 now. We have a platform to really, really influence and we're starting to be listened to by key key people. You know, we're one of the only clubs that got the, um, the uh, invite to give a one-on-one -on -one address to um, Tracy Crouch as part of the fan-led review. And we've got a really great board and a great strong membership you know, coming together to fight for a common cause at a football club that does not care about its fans. So, you know, it's it's probably one of the hardest supporters trusts to, to be involved with when the football club doesn't really care about its fans. But, you know, it's a real opportunity for us to continue to build the movement um, and continue and continue to have influence and say and really, you know, strike build things for the better for our football club so that we can, you know, take it forward in the best way we can. Because as we know, you and I know, football without its fans is nothing. That's a famous old saying. Some would say it's a cliche, but it's a fact. And, you know, football is changing and a strong trust is going to be really important to that going forward, particularly if we see these uh, reforms through the fan-led review of football governance. That's it. That's all the questions. That's all the candidates. That's all the answers. Uh, thanks again to everyone who, uh, or all of the lads, all of the candidates who uh, submitted their answers and gave up their time to do this, I'm grateful. I'm sure you're grateful as well after listening to 10 very articulate, very passionate Newcastle United fans who would like your vote as a trust member. Uh, on the True Faith podcast, we've got a couple of free shows coming out very soon. Of course, we'll continue our Newcastle United coverage on our Patreon platforms, £5.50 a month for loads of extra Newcastle United podcasts as we get closer to the new season, season 21-22. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Speak to you all very soon. Bye-bye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. 
Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.